0: Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today um, I've got a lot to cover. I'm going to hope to do it as much justice as I possibly can. Um, But first I'm going to teach from Colossians. Why don't we turn over to Colossians chapter 3 and uh, I'll just read that out. John, uh, I've got my, excuse me one sec, my uh, sticky markers that I have as a magic trick for preaching run out so I've got pieces of paper that are falling down so I'm a little bit put off by that but that's okay, the Holy Spirit helps me in my weakness. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. I love that. Bear with each other. Yay, doesn't life just sound awesome? Just those people around you. Bible says bear with them. (laughs) Uh, Okay, anyway. Uh, Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love. love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, body that's the church, you were called to, what are we called to? Peace. peace. And be thankful. People might be wondering what their calling is. Part of that calling is peace, and if you, if you, if you're looking for a calling, if you, if you're like, what is my calling? What is my purpose? You need to be doing the journey series that we're starting at the end of today, Uh, um, because on the third week of that journey series, we will be looking into what your gifts are, what your, what your, how your personality fits into this entire kingdom of God, and how you can actually use that for making a difference in this community, right? So, so just uh, make sure if you can make it today, start off with the journey. But I'm not talking about that. I just thought I'd put that in just to put it in your brains. But we're called to peace. We're called to peace. And uh, with this scripture, I mean, if you look at it in its entirety and just imagine if the whole... Well, let's forget the world for a moment. Not for a long time, but just for a world, for, for a moment. Imagine if our church actually was this. Imagine if uh, we were, I mean, we kind of are. I'm not saying that we're not, but, you know, we can all grow. And I can grow in these things, right? We can all grow in these. You know, imagine if we were a church of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That we, instead of um, ignoring the people we don't like, we bared another and we pushed into relationships. Did I step on anyone's toes? Is everyone Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we're forgiving, we're forgiving. I love how forgiveness, um, I could preach a whole sermon on this, but forgiveness is an interesting thing. And I'm going to zone in a bit on forgiveness today, but, you know, forgiveness is instant. You can imagine, you know, we, we like to hold on to unforgiveness for like a little while, just while we're angry. You know, there's no time limit on, on forgiveness. It's like instant. Anyway, I'm just put, I'm leaving that with you. Um, and over all of these virtues we've got to put on love. Imagine, just imagine if we were a community that represented this. How different would we be from the rest of the world? How different would we be from the rest of the world? And the fact is that we would be so different and we would actually be uh, able to reach um, people with the love of Christ from an amazing place of strength because this is not a representation of the world we know, is it? It's a world at war world that's constantly fighting it's a world overly political it's a world where people are disappointed and let down by by the leaders and, and rulers and 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 making funny decisions and bringing in people trying to react to the way things are and getting more and more disappointed it's a crazy world out there and and this is a picture of what the church is going to be and and the bible has so much of what the church is and what it's meant to be but the, what I want to ask you is, 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 is this. It's not always like this. and so why? 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 What is this? You know, God wants this as a church for us and He also wants it for you as an individual. This is the kind of person that God wants you to be. This is the kind of person that God wants me to be. But why does this often kind of just... Why is it unfulfilled? I mean, we try. And, and when we talk about relationships, how are we meant to have great relationships if we can't fulfill something as simple as this? It's a bit of tension in the room. It's okay, I've meant that. If anyone's feeling guilty right now, that's not, not the reason why I'm bringing this up. The reason I'm bringing this up is to, just to bring in some tension to help you see that there is something missing from this picture that we need to understand. What you have to understand is this, is this scripture is not a list of prerequisites for being a follower of Jesus. This is not a list of things that you have to do in order to qualify to be in God's family. Who's relieved about that? I'm relieved about that. That's awesome. Okay, well, what? You mean I don't have to do these things to, to get in? Well, let's think about this for a moment. These are results, not prerequisites. These are results of being a follower of Jesus. This is fruit. This is stuff that grows in your life as, as, a, as a result of being a follower, of, of, of submitting your life. And it requires you to submit your life to Him. It requires us to submit our 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 will actually to Him, which is difficult. Which is the big choice that we have to make in life, as to whether or not God is going to be God or we are going to be God. But when we begin to realize that we submit to Him, when we begin to realize that we submit to His way, that these things are the results. Our life changes. We see the world differently we make different decisions, we do things differently, and, 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 and our relationships, as a result, actually get better. Not because anybody else has changed, but because you've changed. How funny is it, in relationships, we're always waiting for the other person to change. Right? You know, all of my problems, if they just stop doing this, and they just stop doing this, and that, and this, and that you know, then my life would be better, you know. It, it's like, no, no, no. God's like, hold on a second. If anyone's changing, it's, it's you. We don't like that because that requires a little bit of submission on our part, right? We want to do it our way. I struggle with that too. We all struggle with it. But it's, I want to drive home the point that this is not a list of prerequisites. You know, in, in Bombay, one of the things I've noticed, which is interesting... Is schools here? These big schools, not all of them, not all of them, but some of them are just like these great big businesses. And and who's a parent here, right? And they know what I'm about to say, probably. Where where the they the way they get the end result with a student that's got the, so that they can say we've got really high marks, and we've got the you know the highest you know uh, marks in the country. How do they do that? Well, at the start, when the kid's like this big, they have to do a test, right? And uh, they'll uh, take in or reject that kid according to the marks that they get. And as a parent, I've got two children, if you don't know this. And uh, that, that's, that's like, whoa, hold on a second, that's crazy. Why would I want to subject my little kid to something like that? And, and, and the stress and all of the stuff that that puts on and the pressure that that puts on a parent uh, as they're trying to get their kids into a good school here is, is full on. But there's these prerequisites that they've put on the kids. Um, and it's just crazy. This is a, and when we we look at religion with the same view, right? Well, in fact that's what religion is. Religion is this, you need these to fulfill these prerequisites to be in this exclusive elite club of the favor of God. Otherwise you're not in. And and so what do we do? What do we do? this sermon that I'm preaching could easily become a sermon of a list of the things that you need to do, the prerequisites that you need to have in order to have better relationships. And, and we all go away and encourage and say, okay, now I've got it. I've got the list. I've got the list. I've got the list, God. I'm going to hold it up before you. And, and we try to begin to, to, to fulfill that list. And we do all right for a couple of weeks, maybe one, two weeks. But then we have a fight with our wife. And something comes out of our mouth that shouldn't have come out. Or well, then we have a, have a run-in with someone on the street. Then that, 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 that auto rickshaw guy, auto rickshaw guy that you, you, you know, you're having a great day, everything's going well, And that auto rickshaw guy just does something that just, man, and what comes out of your mouth is the opposite of holy and sanctified. It's a little bit inconvenient like Rohan's finger. Sorry, Rohan. It's, <laughs> it's just there, and you're like, oh man, this is really bad. What just happened? <laughs> and what happens is, is, is we, we, we realize that list doesn't go away in the back of our minds, right? We got this list of all the prerequisites, it's like, oh man, I failed. And then it happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again. It comes to a point where we start to... We might on the surface say, you know, I've got it together. But underneath, we get this insecurity. This is what religion does. Religion makes insecure people. Because religion always says, you need to have this, but you don't. So you need to do this. And then you do it. And then you fail. And then you start again. And the penance never ends. And it never finishes. And it always goes on. And you're always trying... That's not what the kingdom of God is about. This is not a blank screen. Yes, it is. The the scripture that was just up, you don't have to put it back. Oh, okay, thank you, Sam. You're amazing. Uh, This is not a list of prerequisites. It's it's a list of results. This is not how you get in. This is not how you get in. You You could try to be fulfilling all of these. It's not how you get into the kingdom of God because somewhere along the line, you'll trip up, and make a mistake. But God, He requires perfection. He requires holiness. He requires completion. That's who God is. He, that's what He requires. We can't possibly, I can't possibly, expect to offer myself to God as holy. It's impossible. I know I'm going to let Him down somewhere, but He requires holiness. Holiness. You cannot fulfill these prerequisites of righteousness. You could make them into the prerequisites. But you'll let God down. Romans 3.23, it says that all, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. We're going to be talking about this a little more in the journey today, but uh, we, and we, we, we'll always be making reference to this because this is kind of like a, what I'm about to tell you is, is kind of like a foundational truth about what we, what we believe. And it's in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, there was two trees, right? There was Adam and Eve, and, uh, in, Adam and e- in, in the Garden of Eden, God had created the first human beings, And he gave them the whole garden. He said, Here's the whole garden. You can have it. Rule it. Rule and reign over everything. Have dominion. It's yours. Create what you want to like and create. But don't eat from this one tree. What was that one tree? That tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree was the list of things you have to do in order to be righteous like God. And God said, Don't eat from that tree right? He said, do not eat from that tree because if you eat from that tree, you will surely, surely die. Why would you surely die? Because you can't live up to that list of prerequisites. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, 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 the, the, the devil tempted Eve, she took it, and then Adam, who was holding the ladder, who blamed Eve in the end, but it was actually, he was in on it as well, took some as well, and instantly they felt naked. Instantly they felt um, they felt vulnerable. Instantly they felt fear. Why did they feel vulnerability? Why did they feel nakedness? Why did they feel fear? Because they instantly, they instantly realized that they couldn't fulfill the list of prerequisites that God required for holiness. They had access to the, to the tree of life already. God had actually given it to them straight away. It's God who can live up to holiness, not us. And we can live our whole lives trying to be holy for God. But if we make it about a list of prerequisites, that's called religion. Religion will always give you a list. And it's based on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And and the fact is, all have fallen short of the glory of God and all have sinned. And the, the results of sin is eternal separation from God, And that is not what God wants for you. That's not what God wants. He gave Adam and Eve the tree of life and access to that eternal life. And he's actually given it to us as well. He's given it to us as well to actually access. So if they're not prerequisites, what are they actually results of? And I'm coming around to relationships. Just stay with me on the relationships because this is actually, you can't talk about relationships without talking about this from a holistic point of view because this, will, this affects you as in, the, as in your foundation as a person. These are results of two things. Repentance and relationship. These fruits are from Colossians 3. Repentance and relationship. Repentance and relationship? What's repentance? Definition of repentance would be this, turning to the Father God aware of your shortcomings, aware that the prerequisites are not fulfilled completely in your world. Aware of it. This is another defining factor, difference between religion and And relationship is, in religion, it says, no, you don't. You just sort of push that away. Pretend it's not there. And make it right before God, you know. You do something to to make it right before God. But following Jesus means that we actually can be aware of our shortcomings. Awareness is a key. Compassion. love unforgiveness i mean unforgiveness is huge what do you do with unforgiveness when it's something bad enough that no matter how many times you've said to yourself i forgive them and you say it again i forgive them and you say it again i forgive them but you still feel that anger you feel still feel that at that rage you still feel that sense of indignance at what's been done to you what do you do with that Well, the first thing is is you become aware of it. And you come to God with that awareness. God. And this is where the relationship thing comes in. This is where our relationship comes in. And we approach this from the the point of view and this is scriptural, it's all through the Bible, of relationship with God. We come to God and we come with, with our sin. We say, God, This is me. This unforgiveness that I can't overcome, this is what I am carrying. I'm aware of it. And then we we begin to think about forgiveness. And the fact that we can carry this sin to God. We can carry this stuff that we can't overcome to God and be forgiven. I mean, let, let, let's let, read, read this scripture. Um, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, repent. It's literally coming to God. Repent. Repent. It also means that... How do I explain this well and, and not muddle your brains up? But it remain. It, 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 repent basically means you come to God with the energy that you were going to go in another direction from God, you take that energy and you go towards God. Whatever it is that you were about to do, what you are attempted to do, as a result of what you were carrying, whether it be unforgiveness, whether you're about, you're about to go into rage, whether you're about, you're about to launch into something, you turn and you go to Him. You turn that energy to Him. And instead of stepping into what you're about to step into as a result of what you can't overcome, you step into Him. That's repentance. And repentance, and it says, it kind of it gives the meaning of repentance. It says, repent then and turn to God. It's almost like saying, turn to God then and turn to God. Okay? Turn, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be What? What does that do to your soul? All of a sudden, you're like, what? Now, people want to give you all sorts of keys and all the things you have to do to bring peace and shanti and this and that, and whatever. Good for them. But listen to me. I have, I have found that this one thing brings the most peace in my world. When I've really, really, really messed up, and we all mess up, when I've really, really made a mistake... When I've really, really become aware of my sin and I go into a relationship and I turn to God in repentance and read something like this, that my sins have been wiped out, like they don't exist before God. Refreshing. Spirit of God is there. He's present. You can breathe. You can breathe. I love trees and botany and the concept of trees just fascinates me. It's one of the the creations of God that just, I could read about it and think about it a lot. I just, it really kind of is cool how a seed grows into a tree and like a fruit-bearing plant in the back of this new house we've just moved into. There's a, I don't know if I should be telling you this actually, but you might come and steal them, but there's a lime tree. There's a lime tree. And as soon as I saw it, I was like so excited that there was a lime tree in my backyard. It's awesome because I can take the limes off it. It's great. But, you know, that tree grew that fruit through a natural act of God. It just happened. That tree didn't decide one day Oh right, now this is what I have to do in order to be a lime tree. You know, I have to make limes. Cripes, I don't know how to make limes, you know. What do I do? Give me some more information, God. It didn't, it didn't do that. It just produced it. And this is the crazy thing about God. In relationships and in repentance. You begin to produce in your world things that you've always wanted to produce. God purposed you to be producing amazing fruit. I want you to hear this. God purposed you to be producing amazing fruit. He wants it for you. He wants you to overcome that sin that holds you back. He wants you to overcome it all. But I'll just tell you something about this relationship with God that we have. It's not like any other relationship that you have, okay It's not in this relationship, He is God, and we are here we are we are human, we are His children, and when we begin to get that order right because He is leading us <laughs> I mean there's so many different representations of God, right, and it's almost like. Uh, I, I almost feel like God. Sometimes the way people see God is they, they see Him as the Las Vegas God, uh, and uh, praying for Las Vegas, the recent tragedy that I had. But that's not the reference I'm making. But where where you put you put money in the slot, right, and you pull the lever, and it, and the machine does whatever you want it to do. How often do we treat God like that, you know? Just okay, God, I need this. I'm just going to go and put money in the slot, and I'm going to pull the lever. Oh, nothing's coming out. Oh, why, why isn't it coming out, you know? Oh, God, you need to do what I do. I'm not, oh, I'm not following you anymore because you didn't do what I wanted you to do, you know? This relationship with God is a relationship where He is first. He is first, and we are second. And when we get that order right, everything falls into place. Now, this is an uneasy truth for me as a pastor to teach, but, but I have to teach you this because... Because religion teaches us that you you kind of, God is like second. You do everything and God responds as a result. That's not how it is. God is the Alpha and Omega. What's that mean? He is the beginning and He is the end at at the same time. He does not exist within time. He does not exist within your your sort of uh, understanding of the world. In fact, He is completely above that he is first and when we begin to approach our relationship with God with the awe of who God is that he is first that he is God and that we are not and when we begin to come into relationship with him with that in mind and we're aware of his holiness we're aware of his perfection and then we're aware of the fact that he wipes out our sins something is birthed in us and it's called fruit and this is what the kingdom of God is all about And you begin to fulfill what God actually desires for you. Now, this takes a lifetime. I could could give you a sermon today of of how to have great relationships and five keys, you know. Five keys to having great relationships. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Yeah, it would be all right for you. It might work out for a while. But if I can get you to understand... That when relationships aren't working out, that you go to him and begin to become aware of what your sin is. When you become to be you come to him and you begin, begin to assess where you're at. Jesus taught this parable about, oh, it's kind of like a teaching of Jesus, I suppose. He says, when when when, when there's somebody else and you can see this, the splinter in their eye, go first and have a look at the log in your own eye first. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, right? And, and that teaching of Jesus in a nutshell is what I just taught you. Where first we have to go to Him. If you want to have great relationships, you first need to go to Him, aware of who you are, what you're carrying, what you can't overcome. Repent. See that he's first. See that your sins are wiped out. And in that moment, God will speak to you about things that you need to stop doing. (laughs) Things that you might need to go and say to your spouse or the friend. Oh man, so many times I tell you, I've been uh, praying to God like about relationship trouble. Not that Rachel, I I have much. You know, sometimes... It's mostly Rachel, doesn't it? Just kidding. It's mostly me. So often I get before God and I start to complain, you know? God, 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 this, that and the other. And I get my Bible out, begin to read it, and I just feel this conviction in my heart, Ryan. You know, the Bible tells men this is for the men, to be gentle with our wives. I hate that scripture <laughs> because it's so real, like, gentle, but like, uh, Ryan, you weren't, you weren't gentle with Rachel, you know, but, but she, Ryan, you need to apologize. You're forgiven, but let's make this real. And that's the fertilizer of the growth of God, you know. The plant you put fertilizer, it stinks. It's not nice. It's excrement, you know. (laughs) But that's how it works. It's like, man, this is this is excrement. I don't like this God. I'm gonna make you grow. You're gonna grow. You're gonna grow good fruit, Rhino. Come on. Good. You're gonna grow good fruit good fruit. I'm teaching you something. Okay, God. Okay. All right, all right. Rachel, I'm sorry. Hi, oh, forgive you, Ryan. That's submission, right? And and the cool thing, if we can just turn to the last scripture, he wipes out our sins, he grows us, he makes us into better people, and we have better relationships as a result of it. The cool thing about all of this conversation is that we have in this God with us and in us who actually wants to empower us for this. This is what Jesus said. He says, and I will ask the Father says John, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you sometimes. Forever. Just seeing if you're awake. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept Him because the world is trying to follow a list. Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. He's with you. For He lives with you, and will be in you. And then Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And present here in this room is the Holy Spirit. He's here for you. He's here for us. He wants the relationships in your world to be healed. He wants the stuff that you struggle with to be overcome. He wants to see you living out his purposes, which is a good purpose. And He's empowering you to it. But you have to come and follow this way that I've told, told you today. Come to Him aware of who you really are. I love that song, Come As You Are. I love that line. I'm not going to try and sing like Kurt Kambayen, so because I sound stupid, but... Come as you are. Come to God as you actually are. Aware of who you are. And realize that your sins are wiped out, that you have been washed clean and experience the joy and the freedom of knowing that God has done everything for you. Got another preacher in the room. I cannot compete with that, I'm sorry. Hello, boo-boo, how are you? You all all right? I'm going to close now. Oh, she's run away. So cute. What I've been teaching you today has all been made possible by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And today we, we celebrated communion. We do communion every week. The reason why we do communion is because it represents something. It represents the body that was broken. That's what the bread is. And it represents the blood that was poured out, which was the blood of Christ. Why do we celebrate this every week? Because it is the thing that gives us access to God. See, God doesn't look at you without first looking at Jesus. God, God requires holiness. And the only one that could actually fulfill him, his, his requirements, was Jesus. And the requirement was that somebody would have to die in your place. Because what sin actually gets in our world is separation from God, and what separation from God is is actually just death. So Jesus put himself in your place so that you could sit in his place, and his place is heaven. so hard to be a big professional pastor with little kids. But this is life, right? And we're a community church and it takes a tribe to raise a kid, and this is our tribe, and we love our little girl. I just want to leave you with this, and I want, to, I want to leave you with an invitation. If You're struggling with the prerequisites before God, and you feel like you're failing. It's all good. Because the death that you deserved as a result of that He took upon Himself and He died. But because He was God, He rose again. And this morning I want to ask anybody here who doesn't yet know that they're walking with Jesus, if you would like to walk with Him and take upon yourself His sacrifice and take upon yourself His freedom that He has for you so that you can begin to produce the fruit that God has for you. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along, 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.